With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Welcome to Halftime Adjustments. It's Wednesday night. It's also St. Patrick's Day. And it's also, of course, the first day of free agency as of 4 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, that's underway. We have Pit Pro Day and a lot of good stuff to talk about. Uh, Chris Carter is with us from DKPittsburghSports.com. Hi, Chris. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, Albie. How are you? Doing great with lots to talk about, which makes it even better here at Halftime Adjustments. Let's start with the Steelers. And, hey, let's face it, Chris, the, the reaction on Twitter and elsewhere from Steelers fans was a little bit predictable uh, when the uh, that window for negotiating was open, that that uh, that tampering window uh, the last couple of days. There was a lot of talk about who was going where, and in some cases there were actually deals worked out, not official, but they were uh, at least on paper ready to be uh, worked out today at 4 o'clock. And everybody said the sky's falling. Well, many people said the sky's falling. Look who they're losing. And... A lot of it was predictable, was it not? I mean, Albie, on on final word, with you, Dale Lolly and I both predicted that, you know, of the guys that they'd be retained, we'd said that they'd keep Cameron Sutton and they would they would find a way they would try to work to keep Zach Banner and they would try to keep Tyson Olulu. That's two out of three of the guys that were there. We knew Bud Dupree was going somewhere for big money. We've known this for years that eventually the Steelers were going to have a hard time paying him, especially when with the emergence of uh um, of of T.J. Watt in his you know, on the other side of that, uh, we knew that that you know going into this season, we were most the, you're looking you're going to most likely the Steelers can only pay for Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton, and you had to choose which one, and they chose they chose Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton, you know, go, going to the Bengals, Matt Filer, you know, I, honestly, Matt Filer getting paid like that, that was that was a surprise, but I mean, it was presumed that he would either be gone or if he came back and be on a cheap contract, but we're, again. We're, Look at the guys we're talking about. We're not talking about the pillars of this team. When people say, oh, the sky is falling, everything's gone, they still got T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Devin Bush, Nick Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, Alex Highsmith, who looked very good last year. Kevin Dodson looked very good last year. You got Chase Claypool, who looked very good last year. You know, you know Deontay Johnson, James Washington, all the people that they're excited about. And, and still, they can go out in free agency and get some guys here. They still have they still have time to make some other moves that are going to maneuver some space into this cap year and go out and maybe sign some more free agents. And, and for those who are freaking out about different positions, like you know Tyson Olulu, everyone's like, oh, how are you going to let that guy go? He was a great defensive tackle for you. And guess what? They, they were saying the same thing just a year ago about Javon Hargrave and saying how oh, the Steelers, there was no way they could replace him, and that's going to be a huge liability on the team. And then Alulu came in, and you were, everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's that's a thing. It's what the Steelers do. They, they often find a way to reload. Um, are, are there going to be some depth questions? Absolutely. But that's what the draft is for. That's what the rest of free agency is for. I just I don't understand why. It seems like every year for the past 10 years, Albie, whenever there's a free agency period, if the Steelers don't go out and make a splash, which they rarely do, are freaking out. It's just like, how have you not learned this lesson yet? And then on top of the deals that were worked out with the players that you mentioned, Vince Williams is released. 
Yes. Uh, hey, listen, Vince Williams is a guy that's uh, he has more years behind him. I mean, he played eight years in Pittsburgh. In the case of Alu Alalu, he's going to be 34 next month. I mean, these are guys. Were they? Did they uh, serve a purpose and provide some value to this defense? Absolutely, they did. Uh, but I think overall, you have to look at uh, what your needs are. You have to clear the cap space when necessary. In the case of Vince Williams, they were able to save four million uh, towards the cap. And uh, hey, listen, it's all about uh, filling those holes, uh, letting go who you think you have to let go in order to keep who you think you have to keep. And let's face it, T.J. Watt's a big priority going into this season. Minka Fitzpatrick's a big priority going into this season. And they're going to be in a position where they can try to fill those holes as best they can and uh, fit it all under the cap. Agreed entirely. And that's the whole thing is you want to make be able to have space next year to keep the guys you really want to keep. And they're going to. I, I, I continue to, to just not understand how people look at this as, as a as a negative right now because uh, again they can go into the draft they can find a center they can find a running back they can find a wide receiver they can find a backup edge rusher a backup inside linebacker they, they can do those things all, all in this draft and i mean and, and again how many times in the last few years have, have we said like man okay they found a starter here here in 2017 they found they, cameron sutton uh it, 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 it's like kind of an afterthought when you think of juju and watt and connor and all the things but Look, look at how many guys they found in that draft. Look at how many guys stepped up in this year's draft with Chase Claypool and Alex Highsmith and Kevin Dotson. And again, they didn't even have a first-round pick this year. So the, I don't understand where, where people come from in that respect. But I get that there's that, that there's the, the sense of fanaticism because that's the short, that's the long term of, of fan. Um, but I get that you're, when you get attached to a player because you like you wear his jersey and you like the way he plays. And, and heck, Bud Dupree deserves all the flowers that, that you know for, for what he did in Pittsburgh and how he overcame what a lot of people said he was a bust and then he proved them he proved them wrong. Vince Williams was a six round pick, became a consistent starter and, and a and a very good depth player for the Steelers and it got uh, became a good starter next to players like Ryan Shazier, Lawrence Timmons and late in, you know in the late years with Devin Bush, he 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 earned he's earned a lot of respect. All, Mike Hilton too, undrafted guy, came in, made a name for himself and he's getting paid in free agency. All of them, they are. They deserve the respect. But the Steelers of of, of of all the organizations out there, they should be. They should give you the most faith that they're big. They can figure this these type of things out. So long as they don't lose super duper players. I mean, and to finish my point here, Albie, in the recent years, they've lost huge name players: Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, Mark Davis. They, they've they've lost guys left and right. You know, Ryan Shazier. You think? Shrine Shazier, Bell, and Brown were three pillar players in 2017 going into that season and what everyone thought that that organization could do. They lost all three of those guys, and, they're, and they got back to the playoffs. That should say what this team should be able to, is able to do with when they reload. All right. And and it's also uh, very – Steelers fans should be very accustomed to the fact that they're not going to make any big splashes uh, most of the time in free agency, whether it's players leaving or players that they sign. But they'll look for that diamond in the rough. They'll look for a deal, and uh, we'll see what happens in the uh, coming days and beyond for the Steelers. All right, back to talk more Steelers about building a team and, and what are they trying to do here, and uh, are they uh, on schedule with their plan when we come back on Halftime Adjustments. Adjustments. Uh, I'm Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com. This is always a, an 
exciting time in the NFL uh, because the, the offseason really heats up when that they start that new league year and free agency begins. And, uh, well, there's a lot of uh, joy that people have in seeing where, who goes where. And the Steelers, uh, well, what are we going to see when, when the dust settles, Chris? Uh, it, it, let me just go off track real fast. I, you know, a lot of people said last year, well, you know, that defense, for all it was uh, built up to be, didn't look very good. Uh, against the Cleveland Browns, and I say, well, you know, you were playing without Devin Bush, you were playing without Joe Hayden, and you were playing without Bud Dupree. Now, Bud Dupree's gone now, but Devin Bush, in theory, will be back better than ever, and uh, Joe Hayden, uh, same deal. Uh, but all in all, they, they re-signed Zach Banner and, and uh, Camp Sutton, as you mentioned. They made that choice. They, they knew they could only keep one between Cam uh, Sutton and Mike Hilton. What, what do you see this defense and this team in general being compared to last year when all the dust settles. Uh, don't forget, they were also missing Alex Highsmith for most of that game. He got injured very early in the first quarter. Uh, yeah, again, people, I, I don't, again, I, I look I look at how people continue to evaluate the Steelers going into the season. Last year, I mean, there were people saying, you're ridiculous if you think the Steelers can win double-digit games in 2020. And then they went 12-4 and and won the division. And yes, they, they failed in the playoffs, but again, you look at the playoff game, people keep pointing, oh, the defense, the defense. Well, the defense, they were put behind the eight ball when they were, one, missing several key players, and two, the offense continued to hand the Browns points with a fumble on the literally, literally the first play of the game. They, they hand the Browns seven points, and the Browns are a running football team. When you get, give them a lead, that's what they like to that's what they like to do and allow them to play to their strengths and against the Steelers' weaknesses. So um, you know, I, I look at the, the Steelers' defense, and yeah, outside of a crazy fluke game at the end of the season, the defense played very well last year. Uh, you know, you look at you. That was the only time they gave up thirty or more points. It it speaks volumes. So I think that they have a, a, the nucleus that they have. Do they need to see that Alex Highsmith continues to grow and, and fill into Bud Dupree? Yes. Do they need to probably get a, another guy, defensive tackle, to help with Cam Hayward and Stephon to its depth? Absolutely. Do they, do, should they try to get an inside linebacker to back up Devin Bush or be the guy next to Devin Bush? Yeah, sure. But you got your, you got your, you're still happy with your two top cornerbacks. You got your slot cornerback and Cam Sutton, who can also back up those cornerbacks. You're happy with your safeties. You're happy with most with your defensive front. This defense is still working, and I'd say the biggest thing, Albie, to look to see if the Steelers are going to either be good as or better than, than than last year's team is. They have to do the thing that last year's team couldn't do, and that means running the football. And we're seeing Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, they were in force at Clemson's Pro Day. People were talking about, does that mean they're getting Travis Etienne? They're both right you know, right now on, to, on today. They're at Georgia's Pro Day, and there's lots of talk that they're looking at. You know, Ben Cleveland and some of the guys that they have on their offensive line. Um, you know, there's – there's talk, there's talk about how the Steelers are going to address the offensive line and the running back position, uh, and that's, again, with Dodson. They signed Zach Banner, which I think was a big sign. That guy earned a starting spot, and I think he's going to be good this season. David DeCastro's coming back most likely, and we're looking at Chikuma Kaur for, you know, as he's gonna, he could be battling with either the, the rookie that they get early in the draft or Zach Banner, or maybe he gets the starting spot. All in all, if they have a, if they can develop a decent run game, it doesn't have to even be elite, just decent run in the middle. They they, they ranked last in, in the run game last year, Albie. If they're just if they rank 16th, that balances the offense so much more and puts them in a situation where like they can say, hey, we don't need to win with elite offense. Let the defense do the job and just don't hand the ball over. Yeah, and I, I think you make a good point because when we talk about the dust settling, 
you know, the dust settled at, regardless of what happens on the first or second day of free agency. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, and we talked about this on the final word the other night, uh, you know, you're, you're always best. It would appear in most cases, most of the time, not always to draft the running back rather than look into free agency for a running back because running backs have that, that smaller window. And, and, you know, if a guy's there four or five years, you're starting to get to that point. Therefore, they're not going to settle the problem, most likely, of running back in these first couple days of free agency. So you look ahead to the draft. So the dust, after the dust settles, you're going to have to look after the draft to see if they've addressed that need and how they've addressed that need, because most certainly they will. I agree. Anyone who thought the Steelers would like do something crazy, like sign Aaron Jones to big money, it doesn't matter what they think. I just think that it, <laughs> the biggest thing here, Albie, is that they get – they get, they get a, a young guy who can come in, carry load. And the thing is, if you get a rookie in the first or second round this year who can, who can tote the rock, be your main ball carrier, you're paying him on a rookie contract for the next four or five years. That's a very good situation to have so you don't have to invest it running back financially and you can build the offensive line. If they if you want to go get a free agent you know, guard or tackle next year, you'll have the money to do that because you're not spending big on, on a running back. If you want to invest in your defense, you can do that. And, and we know that the Steelers don't have to really sign anyone at wide receiver because they keep drafting well there. To, to me, Albie, it just makes sense to think that they're going to be able to figure this out. And like you said, when the dust settles, then we'll see because the dust is still not settled. On a lot of NFL teams, we just saw the Raiders on Tuesday release Rodney Hudson, a key center, and now everyone's looking like, what's the Raiders' offensive line going to look like? And now Rodney Hudson resets the center market when we thought Corey Lindsley from the Packers would be the only key center that, that's going out. You also had David Andrews from the Patriots say that he's, he's hitting free agency. There's a lot of guys here who could shake up how other teams pay for, and we're starting to see a lot of teams, like the Patriots themselves, they shout out a lot of money for free agency so far, and... There's still going to be guys that are going to be available and on the market. One of them, you know, it, it you know, could could be a guy that the Steelers get, and it could be a guy that, that immediately helps them. So I, I think that this is uh, – you're absolutely right. We've got to wait till the dust settles. All right. We'll be back to talk about Pitt Pro Day. Big day for uh, some great players over at Pitt when we come back on Halftime Adjustments. adjustments and Wednesday night, St. Patty's Day, start of free agency, and also Pit Pro Day. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com. Hey, some great players over there. Uh, Rashad Weaver and uh, Jalen Twyman and uh, Patrick Jones and DeMar Hamlin and uh, Paris Ford. A lot of guys getting their chance to uh, show off their considerable skill and uh, you know, there's no combine, so this is a chance for these guys to, to take that first big step uh, into being noticed any more than they've already been noticed by NFL scouts. Yeah, that's the thing, Al Albie, is that with no combine this year, you you got to impress people at your pro day. That is it. And it was really cool for players like Jalen Twyman, Rashad Weaver, Patrick Jones, Paris Ford, DeMar Hamlin, Jimmy Morrissey, all those guys. They're on everyone's radar to be a, to be a draft pick this year. But there was one guy in particular who really stood out this this uh, in this pro day that didn't get a combine invite or wouldn't have been invited to the combine if there was one this year. And that was Jason Pinnock, the cornerback. He's six foot one, long arms, looked really good with a with a four four seven and a four four nine time in the forty yard dash. He had a thirty nine and a half uh, inch vertical leap, had a good broad jump numbers too. 
that those are numbers that someone's going to say in the later rounds, okay, maybe we just take a stab at this guy. He fits in. If he doesn't, we took a late stab at a guy that looks like a pretty good athlete. And again, when you play at Pitt, you play at cornerback, you play on an island pretty much all game long. So he's used to the, that kind of pressure. That could really work out for him. So I, I look at this as, as a good situation. Jalen Twyman impressed in, in the bench press. He put up 40 reps. Uh, that was something that Aaron Donald, who was on site for, for the event, he said, I wish I could have done 40 reps when, when I was that age. Uh, so for Aaron Donald, one of the strongest and one of the best players in all of, in all of the NFL, for him to say that to that, and he's a guy who's mentored Jalen Twyman in the past few years. Uh, and Jalen Twyman, of course, took his number in college. That, that speaks volumes to me about, about what Jalen Twyman's been able to do. Um, all in all, still, I think a very good day for Pitt to showcase some of the guys that are going to be out there in the draft. So who do you think uh, has the best chance of transitioning into the NFL? I mean, you just named a lot of guys with a lot of talent. And, and, and you know, the defensive linemen in particular, uh, I mean, Rashad Weaver and, and Patrick Jones, these are guys that uh, they, they, they stood out throughout the season. And I think that everybody's expecting that they will, be, they will go to that next level and be stars. Um, but anybody else, or are you looking at them? Or who are you looking at the best chance of transitioning? to the National Football League. Well, it doesn't matter what I think, Allie, but it does matter what we've seen on tape. And what we see on tape is that Jalen Twyman, you know, even before this year off, he was a dominant defensive tackle. He was able he was able to get out to the quarterback, stuff the run. He was able to make several different plays in the middle of the line of scrimmage, and he was a game changer. Arguably, the you know, there was an argument to be made that he would have been the best defensive tackle going into this draft class had he not opted out with COVID-19 being a situation. But... Um, I, I think with I think with with him, I thought he improved his his stock with uh, with showing how strong he still is and how he's taking his off season very seriously. Uh, like I said, I think Jason Pinnock put himself into the conversation. I think Jimmy Morrissey uh, showing that he could be solid. With uh, he posted a five two on the forty yard dash. He posted I think twenty six reps on the bench press, which would have ranked twelfth among offensive linemen in last year's combine. Um, I, I think they all acquitted themselves very nicely to say, hey. You know, you may not be looking at us as the top picks in the draft, but the, but you should definitely look at them for to fill out to fill out your depth chart and to get, get us on your roster because we're going to be guys that fight for it. I also think there were some impressive things. DJ Turner um, had twenty three bench presses of bench press reps, and he's a wide receiver. That's great numbers for a wide receiver, Albie. As far as that, that would have been the most in last year's combine. Um, so great stuff for him. I uh, I think the one of the biggest things to worry about though. You, you weren't too impressed by the 40-yard dash time of, Par- of uh, Paris Ford. I haven't seen all the official numbers just yet, but the first number that I saw was 4.79, which is a very bad safety time, especially for a guy that plays with the kind of range that he has. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that uh, you know, deals with his stock. But I thought Demar Hamlin acquitted himself very well. Um, he showed that he's he's still in very good shape, and people are going to be looking at him and say, "Hey, can you be a guy that floats into the box and 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 uh, you know into the slot and all these different roles?" And I thought he put up those kind of numbers, uh, you know, on Wednesday. You know, University of Pittsburgh also has that reputation of uh, producing great pro players. I mean, you can go down the long list. You mentioned Eric Donald, but there are so many others. Uh, even you know, in the last 10, 15 years that have uh, proved that Pitt is preparing these players for the next level. Um, if I could put you on the spot, who's the one player from Pitt Pro Day today uh, that's a surefire star in the NFL? 
I'd say Jalen Twyman. Uh, if, I've, if I had to pick one of them all, I'd say Jalen Twyman because I think he has the highest ceiling. I still think he, he's, he's going he's gonna to take him a little bit of time to get back into football, I think. But I think he's in shape. I think he's going to be able to do that. But I would not sleep on either him, Patrick Jones, uh, or uh, um, or Rashad Weaver. I think the, the three of them, if they fit into the right systems, they're going to have a chance to get at, to get after the quarterback. Um, I also, again, I don't want to sleep on the, on those later round guys, Albie. I think Jimmy Morrissey. You know, people in, in this in Pittsburgh like to talk about the guys that get drafted late or you know don't get drafted at all and become something. Like people love the fact that BJ Finney's back. Jimmy Morrissey is like a BJ Finney, but with a lot more pedigree. And, and being a, you know he's used to being a leader in the locker room. He used to being counted out because he was a walk on at Pitt, and he didn't even get uh you know he, you know, he didn't even get uh, he got a late senior day invite to the senior day game, and you know he's a guy I'd want in my locker room. So um, I, I think legit Pitt could have uh, you know going into this this pro day I thought Pitt had at least six guys who would be drafted in you know on NFL draft uh, day, but I also think now there could be seven. If yeah. Jason Pinnock, it could be even better. All right, uh, we'll find out. It is interesting too that in essence their their combine is is right here at home. Uh, we'll see if that's an advantage for them as well. All right, thanks, Chris. Back with our final moments here on the St. Patty's Day edition of halftime adjustments. Right after this. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments, our final moments here. I'm Albie Oxenbrenner with Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com. Hey, the Pirates are at least uh, performing well. Uh, we were talking about that on the final word on uh, this Sunday night. You know, wins and losses don't always mean a whole lot down in spring training. In fact, they usually mean not. But the Pirates are at least performing well, Chris. Yeah, that's true, Albie. They deserve credit for what they're doing in the Grapefruit League and they're, they're, you know, what they're doing in, in Bradenton, Florida. Um, and, and hey, a big thing is right now, like I've, I've said, uh, I've said all, all year and what I'll say all season, this year does not matter for the Pirates. We know they're going to be a rough team. The biggest thing is, can they not be a dumpster fire? Can they, can they have some expiring wins? Can they find some guys at different parts of their roster that say, hey, you're stepping up. You could be part of the future of what this team wants to do so that in two, three, four seasons, whenever they start to invest, then they know, hey, we're keeping these guys around with these other guys that we're bringing into the fold. I mean, and who knows? Maybe that's what Josh Harrison did to be to, to get on that, you know, the Pirates roster that's, that made the playoffs back in the mid-2010s. So th- that's what you're looking for this year, and it seems like they got their game. All right. And the Penguins, well, they're uh, hanging tough in that race in the NHL East Division. We're going to be talking about a lot more about that as we get down the stretch into spring. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you next time on Halftime Adjustments right here on WPXI Now.